welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders, one conversation at a time. We'll hear from different business leaders about how they've found success in cultivating their professional networks and keeping them healthy and strong. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Well, welcome to another episode of Enterprising. I'm delighted to have all of you here today. I want to introduce you to a new friend of mine, Jason Harrington. Jason is the CEO of HB Construction. He has been since 2005. He's also a member of the company's board of directors and is a nearly 30-year veteran of the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. Jason, welcome. Thanks, Alana. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Uh, tell us a little bit about HB Construction. I know that you have, you personally have experience as both a contractor and a developer. Talk to us a little bit about what your company does. Yeah, it's interesting. Our, our company was started by actually our mom and dad at our kitchen table. And uh, it was one of those things where, you know, my dad wanted to uh, do his own thing. He wanted to live um, in alignment with his values. And he got the family together and and it was a family discussion, and he, he we uh, we decided that it was worth the risk, and he was going to quit his day job, and we were going to start a construction company. And and thirty years later, here we are, and it's just been an incredible experience. And I get to work with my brother every day, and, and that's been an amazing experience. And so he's our CFO. His name's Adam, and uh, yeah, it's been great. How cool is that? So sitting at your kitchen table, I, that to me is inspirational. Having both on my side and my husband's side, we both come from long lines of entrepreneurs, family family businesses. I always think that it's just so special. And the fact that you were there when it was born, that's that's quite amazing. What did, what did you think when your dad said he wanted to, to launch something new on his own? Oh, gosh. You know, I thought I was so naive at the time, to be honest with you, Alana. I, I'd gone to a uh, Catholic high school and the demographics of that school was all over the board. And I just knew people of all different races and, and financial positions. And, and I, I thought that if you owned your own company, that that, may, that meant you were really financially successful and, and really had no clue at the time, the amount of hard work and the amount of time that, <laughs> that it would actually take to make, make any of that a reality. It's basically, it's a child that never grows up. It's <laughs> always an infant, right? You're always, exactly. always worried about that. So, well, congratulations to you and your family on building such an incredible company. One of the things that I was really sort of, again, inspired by as I was learning more about you and your company is just the the wide range of industries that you're involved in. So I noticed medical, higher education, justice, defense, commercial, et cetera. With so many sectors factoring into your professional life, how do you actively manage your network? So are there, are there particular activities that bring you into contact with various connections? How do you do that? Well, I think there's a couple of ways. I think one is, you know, a very organic way of doing it. And, you know, that's just getting out in the community. And that's having, being part of a family that's, that's very active. My kids are 14 and 12. Uh, you know, my wife is very active in the nonprofit sector. And so, we're out and about a lot. And so that gives us the opportunity to really, you know, meet up a lot of people and build relationships and, um, you know, really be part of this community. Uh, the other way is a much more intentional way of, of managing a network and, and actively engaging in it. And anybody that's ever worked with me knows that I, 
carry a yellow legal pad with me everywhere I go. And that comes from my first day on the job where my dad literally handed it to me and just very bluntly said, write everything down on this legal pad. And when you finish it, check it off. And I so, love that. <laughs> so what that did is it made me a very intentional person. And so, yeah. you know, I, I think about people a lot and who I want to be around and who I want to spend time with. And sometimes that's an email and sometimes that's, that's a lunch and sometimes that's a, a handwritten letter. Well, I mean, and what's so great about that is what you're talking about are just different touch points, different ways to touch the people that you're coming into connect into contact with. And, you know, from my point of view, networking is it should never be one and done. It should never be transactional, although I recognize that transactions are really important. But what you're describing is knowing your audience, knowing what form of communication is important at this moment. So as you described, an email, a phone call, a face-to-face meeting. So I love that. And is there a way that you sort of parse that out? Is that just kind of, uh, is it case by case or do you have a preferred mode of communication with your contacts? Well, I think it depends on the level of relationship you have with that person. You know, sometimes it's an email, sometimes it's a handwritten note, sometimes it's lunch, sometimes it's happy hour. You know, it depends on what part, you know, it depends on where you're at in that relationship with that person. Yeah. Um, I think the important part is to meet that person where they're at, you know, to, to make sure that they're comfortable. Right. Right. That makes great sense. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is how do you, how do you make your connections mutually beneficial? I know, uh, for example, I know you're deeply involved in the community. You've already described how your entire family has gotten involved from your wife to your children. Um, I know that you personally have been involved both philanthropically and from a community building perspective, how, how has that factored into your ability to grow your relationship base? Yeah, I think that's really important. I think people recognize right away if, if, if you're just out for yourself and whether, like you said, if it's transactional. And to me, you, you've got to give more than you take. And I think that's really important. And I think people see that. And I think you've got to genuinely care about other people. And when you do that and you try and promote other people, I think that's really what keeps, creates those deeper connections. Tell me a little bit about where you're located and, and what it's like. You're, uh, my understanding is that you're in, is it the Albuquerque area that you're primarily based? And then I know you have, uh, you have locations elsewhere as well. Yeah, we're headquartered here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We've got an office in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and one in El Paso, Texas as well. That's great. And do you see differences from community to community in terms of the way that you engage or the way that the community receives you? You know, interestingly enough, I, I, w- I would say no. I would think that there's a, a common thread of humanity amongst all of us. And I think we, we all want to be seen, heard, and celebrated. And yeah. I think if you can, you know, again, give more than you take, you know, be a part of somebody's community. Um, I think people resonate with that. And I think people um, really uh, are inspired by that and and want to be with you and and do business with you as well. I agree with that. Absolutely. I want to maybe get into a few examples. Can you tell us about an interaction that you had with somebody, a client, maybe a vendor or a partner uh, that resulted in some sort of breakthrough for you personally or professionally? Oh, I mean, honestly, I think it was probably my very first interaction in business, which was with my dad. Um, Love it. You know, he was, my dad was practicing mission and vision and values before mission and vision and values were cool, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, he, he didn't have to write them down. He didn't have to 
post it all over his website. He didn't have to verbalize it even. Yeah. Uh, but what he did is he, he, he lived by it. And so, you know, you knew his decisions were easy because he, he was so clear on what was important to him. And so that just really was impactful for me at a very young age. Well, was there something for him that you think sort of, I don't know, established that knowledge of, of his values and, and sort of his principles and ethics and the way that he practiced business? Well, I think the way he was raised, you know, yeah. I, think, I think that's an important part for all of us. Um, you know, certainly the people he surrounded himself with. Um, and, you know, the, he's growing up in the construction business. He, he saw things that he didn't like also. And so I think that helped form, you know, a, a sense of ethics and a sense of values um, that really helped guide him. I think yeah. you, learn, you learn from everybody, right? Whether it's positive or negative. Oh, yes, that is that is for sure. We know that for sure. I, I know that one of the areas that you personally focus on is the culture and customer service for for the for HB construction. Can you talk a little bit about that and and maybe talk a little bit about the specific values that have shaped the culture and, and what you try to foster internally? Yeah, I mean our, our values are very clear. Um, you know, it's service, it's community, it's integrity, it's teamwork, uh, workforce, uh, sustainability and safety. And so, you know, every, everybody knows that. Um, we talk about it all the time. Um, we, we celebrate it when people represent that, you know, we make sure that, that people are highlighted for doing that. And so, you know, we, we're very intentional about our culture. You know, we, when you are brought on to our company, uh, you go through a very thorough training of, of who we are and what we're about and our history and, and where we are now and, and where we're headed. And so, you know, I think at the end of the day, people want clarity. They want to understand what you're about. And I think that's what resonates with people. And I think that's what helps build that culture. Well, and it sounds like you're really giving people almost a sense of ownership in, in the company and, and the direction that it's going. So whether literally or figuratively, you're you're making people feel like they're part of something and, and conveying that to them. And I assume that as people do come on, that they know they're going to go through this orientation and that it's a required part of employment. What have people said about that? It's literally been one of the highlights of the careers, which <laughs> is the very first day, right? In some cases, um, because it is so meaningful. I mean, people, people like to hear your story. People like to hear, you know, where you came from, where you're about, how you got to where you're at, how, how the mission and the vision and the values were actually formed. Um, instead of just handing them a piece of paper and saying, this is what they are. Make sure you live by them. Um, you know, we get paid on Wednesdays and, and good luck to you. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so you're actually, I mean, what's wonderful about it is you're literally handing them the tools in a way, but sort of guiding them through almost like a Sherpa. So I, you know, I applaud you for that. That's, that's great. As you think about, especially, I love how we're talking about sort of bringing on, uh, uh, new team members to the organization. What, what advice would you share with somebody who wants to grow or cultivate their own professional network? Well, I think the first thing is, you know, you've got to have a genuine curiosity about people. And, you know, if you're not in that mindset and if you're not ready for that, that that's fine. But I don't know that you're ready to actually be an effective networker. Because I think without going in with that type of mindset, 
I don't, I think it's very hard for you to be successful. You know, if, if you think you're going to go to a networking event and hand out 200 business cards and you're going to be effective by doing that, I, I think you're mistaken. And so that's the first thing. And, and, and not everybody's there and that's okay, but you've got to get yourself in that mindset. I think the other thing is, you know, be kind, be human. You know, people don't want to be sold. My name's Joe and I sell widgets and I'd like to sell you some widgets. I don't think, I don't think people want to be treated that way. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I'll never forget years and years ago, I went to a, a, a chamber event and I, I called it the drive by networking experience where this fellow approached me, stuck his business card in my face, took my card and off he went. And he was specific. He said, okay, sorry, I got to go. I'll send you some information, but I need to go meet more people. And for him, it's what you were describing. He literally, it was like a numbers game. He wanted to collect as many business cards as possible. And frankly, to his credit, he sent me about a, a $50 package of information, which I immediately put in the trash because that's not the kind of person I wanted to do business with. So sure. what you're describing is like a, a true interaction, a human interaction. And I just, I think that that's really admirable. And I suspect that that has impacted your business very favorably. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things is making sure you're in the right places at the right time. And you know, if you're in a position where you're handing out 200 business cards, you're, you're not in the right spot. I can, I can promise you that. Um, and I think if I was going to give some advice to somebody who was wanting to grow their network, I would say pick three people that are successful, that you admire, that you respect, and take them to lunch. And those three lunches are going to pay dividends because the questions you're going to ask them is, what groups are you a part of? What nonprofit boards are you on? What, what, you know, what, what are you doing outside of your regular job? You know, where do you network? And, you know, once you learn where those three people are engaging in networking, you know, this is not reinventing the wheel. This is follow the people that have, have done it right. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, just as you described, you can learn from everybody in every interaction and by sort of Hearing it from people who have done it successfully in the past, I think that that can certainly lead to to benefit for each individual. So great, great advice. Well, and and you know that kind of leads to my next question for you personally. Are you more of an organic kind of an uh, I don't know I guess with less intention type of networker, or are you more deliberate about who you interact with or what events you go to? Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, I guess it's more natural for me to be, be organic. Um, you know, I really do enjoy people. One quote that's always resonated with me is treat the janitor the way you treat the CEO. Yes. And, and I, I just, I've always treated people that way, um, regardless of, of who you are. Um, I think it tells a lot about somebody when you're having lunch or dinner with them and the way they treat the server, I think is really important. Um, so, so that part of networking has always been really easy for me. I think what is taking a little bit more effort is the intentional part, you know, really thinking through strategically, you know, who are your stakeholders? Who are the people that you need to be in front of? And then how often do you want to make contact with them? Um, and how do you make contact with them? Like we talked about earlier, is it an email or is it lunch or, or, or what is it? What, what makes them most comfortable? And you've got to be really thinking and thoughtful on all of that. 
Well, and when you think about the frequency with which you stay in touch with people, does it vary person to person? And how do you manage that? Do you calendar it? Do you put it on your yellow pad? How, how, do, you, <laughs> how do you manage that? Well, I had started on my legal pad. It's now evolved to an Excel spreadsheet. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome technology. I hope you color the, the Excel spreadsheet yellow at least. Oh, Make yeah. it more comfortable it, for you. <laughs> it's a shared folder too. We can all see it. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's great. Well, and this notion of um, sort of organic and just really enjoying people, that to me seems like it, it pays dividends for you as well. That, that uh, again, almost every interaction has some potential benefit um, and, and, not, and not in a way that's sort of what have you done for me lately, but in a way that truly is mutually beneficial. That's your relationship building and, and building a series of touch points over time. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I think every interaction, regardless of who it's with and what their title is, brings benefit. Yeah. Well, and you, you talked about your kids earlier. Are you seeing them sort of as natural networkers like you are? Or, or what are you doing to convey the importance of this to them? I think that both my wife and I, um, it's pretty natural to us. So I think we've modeled that for our kids. Um, and I think they see the benefit of it. And um, I think they're, you know, 14 and 12 and, and um they've already got it all figured out, but I, I think they're, you know, still learning a few things from us, hopefully. Have they started to get involved in your business? Oh yeah. They actually work at HP construction during the summers. So they do filing and shredding and <laughs> all sorts of things. <laughs> the important things for sure. Yeah, That's, that's good. We got to keep some order to the place, right? Exactly. In closing, I have sort of just sort of a fun question. And and frankly, you can think of this as it can be fictional or non-fictional, whatever you wish. But if you could meet with one person, and I think of sort of like your dream networking interaction, who would it be? Who would you want to meet with and why? Oh, gosh. I, you know, probably Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Nice. There's a, in downtown San Diego, there's a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. promenade. And every 30 feet or so along the sidewalk, there's quotes and by Dr. Martin Luther King. And he is just so thoughtful and so well-spoken and just the way that he, he was so before his time, I think. And I think we could use a lot of that, that right now. Yeah. You're not kidding. I, I think, uh, you know, we've gotten to a place of, of polarization that is just so disappointing for, you know, based on our ideals and who we we have the potential to be. So I think that's a great choice. So thank you for sharing that. I've loved getting to know you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today on Enterprising. I know that your insights will be beneficial to all of our listeners. So I look forward to talking with you again sometime soon. Yeah, thank you, Alana. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening today. To learn more about Jason Harrington and his company, HB Construction, visit them online at hbconstruction.com. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only.
Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions 